Good day, everybody. Uh, welcome to the one of two holiday edition episodes of Vulnerability Leads to Victory. Uh, we are recording this in the holiday seasons, the winter holiday seasons of 2021. Um, and so I'm excited to be here with you all as we are coming to the tail end of season three of Vulnerability Leads to Victory. Uh, you know who it is. It's your voice, your host, Sean John in the building. Um, and you know how each episode goes. It's me talking to a great guest. We're talking about uh, vulnerability, being vulnerable. And you also just get to hear uh, some great stories and just hear from great people um, who definitely have um, lived some very well-lived lives. And you're going to be able to kind of have that experience again today with uh, listening to someone that I've known, I think, close to definitely over 10 years um, at this point. And so I'm excited that, you know, to have this guest on here uh, at the end of season two when I was looking for a few guests to be able to kind of fill a couple uh, slots for those last few episodes this person reached out. And I was like, you know what, like, let me move them to season three um, and definitely not rush, uh, you know, the opportunity to be able to speak with them. And so we got them here today uh, during this holiday season to be able uh, to just definitely give you some insight into how they see vulnerability. Um, you know, as I said, we're wrapping up season three. Uh, just so you know, um, season four will begin in March of 2022. So get ready for that. So you have plenty of time to catch up on episodes if you need to. Um, so let's get to our guest for this week. Uh, the guest for this week, as I said, is someone I've known for over 10 years now. Uh, there was a point in my life during my years at uh, one of the greatest institutions to ever exist, Indiana University, go Hoosiers. Uh, I was a huge sports fan, still am to this day, but uh, I really, you know, got into uh, rooting for our volleyball team. And it was an experience that I loved so much. Um, that was a team where, um, from the coach down to the players, they were friends. They became like family to me. I got to, you know, go to a uh, Thanksgiving event they did, and I got to just hang out with them in, in many different aspects. And through that is where uh, I was able to meet uh, today's guest, where we had a lot of great laughs, a lot of great conversations. Um, and it's been, you know, a, a great joy and, and honor to be able to just kind of see how they've uh, progressed through life over these past uh, 10 years since really one of the last times we really did, you know, speak kind of as uh, serious and as intimately as we will be able to be talking tonight. And so uh, with no further ado, uh, I introduce you all, I bring to the vulnerability leads to victory family none other than a good friend of mine the one the only mac attack nick mackall how are you doing tonight 
great to be in good company, Sean. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes, yes. That is a true statement. It is definitely great to be in a good company. And so uh, as I talked about, you know, we've, I say like 10 years, but I mean, since we really last had a, uh, a, a deep conversation, um, you know, with, it was usually, it was me, you, and uh, Linda, like we were all just Gosh, usually, yeah. yeah, just having conversations after the volleyball games. And, you know, sometimes we go out to Applebee's and, and grab a meal or something like that. Um, and so it definitely was a before uh, Applebee's became part of TikTok, yes, <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, and which is funny because as I think about it, like when I think about Applebee's today, it's just like, oh, Applebee's. But when you're a college student and you're thinking, like, all righty, we're, we're over by the mall right now, and the only thing that's really open is the Applebee's. You're kind of like, alrighty, like I'm not getting ready to go to the other side of town, the downtown, where and he it knows was what's after the match too. Exactly. Exactly. So mm-hmm. you knew it wasn't going to be busy, and like you said, it was the one thing close enough to the gym where it's like, okay, let's hit it. Yes, yes, yes. So no, so it's it's definitely good to kind of uh, you know reminisce and, and be able to, to just kind of connect. Um, and stuff like that. So I've talked some about, you know, from my perspective, how we know each other, but, you know, from yours, uh, you know, what's our connection from your mindset over the years and, and stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so like Sean mentioned, you know, we've connected from our time as students, literally, um, at Indiana University. Um, very different ends of the spectrum academically as I majored in math. Um, you know, but, uh, we definitely did have that connection, whether it was through, excuse me, residence life or through the volleyball program and spent, uh, many a countless hours working for that program since the summer before my freshman year even mm-hmm. started and all the way into year 4.5 where I uh, graduated five days ago, um, in 2012, literally. Mm-hmm. So, it's amazing where time has taken, you know, friends like you, Dave Leno, um, and uh, countless others that, you know, like you mentioned with the volleyball program, you know, I on occasion will run into a few familiar faces now where Jordan Haverly is living t- just over two hours north of me and is running <laughs> a volleyball club. Um, you know, Paul Concer is now the associate head at Michigan State. Uh, go green if you can say that um, as a Hoosier fan, but uh, you know, you still support the faithful, yes. you know, now and then. I run into Nancy every now and then on the recruiting trail, and other than that, I really don't make a lot of contact with um, many of the volleyball program anymore just because everybody just leads so different lives right now, um, as people, and that's awesome, you know, where you see. You know, someone like Ashley, who just had her first child recently, and, you know, Sherry and uh, Mark, you know, who are been together for, it almost seems like uh, years, you know, and Mark, yeah, I think yeah. if I remember, if memory serves me correct, um, was on the Europe trip with us in 2010, mm-hmm. 
um, along with uh, Josh uh, Eidson, who was our strength coach at one point, um, and his wife, and then amongst all other people that have moved on since then, the Clements family, who's now living in Nashville, and uh, gosh, Peter Chang, and you know, Costi, oh. those guys. I mean, heck, lives have lives have definitely changed since mm-hmm. then. There's no denying that. Um, but uh, it, it's always fun looking back on those, you know, stories. And, you know, I have a, I have a really big physical reminder of it every time I walk in the door uh, from that 2010 season, you know, specifically. Um, but uh, it's not one season that summed up the entire experience. No, definitely. I mean, like you say, that, that 2010 season, that was a uh, just – so I was at uh, for those who don't know. For those of you who don't know, I was at Indiana from 2005 to 2011, and I remember uh, walking to my first uh, volleyball match. I was like, "Oh, it's not that far on the map." That was not the oh, best cool. decision for me to walk from uh, campus housing to uh, where volleyball was being played at. But I remember that's where I met you know some. You know, first met two, you know, IE volleyball legends and uh, Erica and Julie, oh, and, yeah. like yes. you know, and so being able to uh, connect with them and just you know, essentially have some meet some people who became like uh, friends in, in many ways and um, and just being able to connect in that way, but also uh, from that time, you know, really being able to think to that. 2010 season that was a season where um i had started with the volleyball team going just as a fan and then i um started working for the student television station where i covered volleyball and wrestling and then i was like you know what i am just uh, once i got into my master's program i stepped away and really just became a fan again and uh that's where i had some great times especially Again, that 2010 season where went to the Sweet 16, um, and I remember driving to Dayton, Ohio, going for that. I remember us hosting. First of all, I remember us hosting uh, regionals in like that those first round in the small, huge gym. uh, Which to this day, I'm like, thank you, NCAA. I don't know what happened that you allowed it that you allowed it to happen, but it did. Because that was a small gym for it to happen in. Well, we'd gotten actually really lucky that that happened um, in 2010. I mean, because um, it, it's not really common where you see an unseated team in the NCAA volleyball tournament if you follow. Um, so typically what happens is if you're one of the top 16 seeds you host, um, the first and second rounds uh, leading up to the regional semifinals and the finals, and Tennessee, who we ended up playing in the second round after mm-hmm. beating Miami in five, um, had a conflict um, at their facility. They were doing something, I think, for the Christmas season, if I'm not mistaken, in their arena where they uh, oh, wow. share volleyball and women's basketball. Basically, they have separate gyms for women's and men's basketball at uh, University of Tennessee, and they wouldn't get access to the men's gym. So luckily enough, because uh, Janet, who was our SWA at the time, um, 
put in the bid with Fred Glass to say, hey, let's see if we can, you know, snag a bid. Because at the end of the year, you know, we had started collecting votes from the coaches poll um, after beating uh, Minnesota pretty late uh, mm-hmm. in our home gym. Uh, weeks before that, Michigan and Michigan State, who both made incredible runs, Penn yeah. State, you know, um, the Buckeyes even, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a well-decorated year, you know, so we had a shot. How big it was, we don't really know. Um, But uh, things worked out, you know. And uh, five sets later, 15-13 in the fifth, you know, and uh, that record hasn't been touched since. Mm -hmm. Kind of a shame to say that, but uh, it's nice to have been, you know, part of history that's still hanging um, that's – I guess not in UGM anymore, but it's now hanging in Wilkinson yeah, uh, where they've moved finally on campus. So you could be walking from campus. <laughs> I actually did used to walk from Foster Harper uh, when I lived there. Um, yes. A little bit crazy um, at times, but when I had the time in my class schedule um, as I did on Tuesdays and Thursdays every now and then I was like, what the heck? You know, using the bus every now and then, especially when they were so tight to get from, you know, the library all the way out across, you know, on the six or the three, you know, have any clue of when I was going to show up on time. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, I I think about this as like, you know, um, that was, I think, a season where, as you know, we're, we're talking about vulnerability. I think that was a season where, even from my conversations with players, with people mm-hmm. like you, Dave Leno, so many other people, um, that's where a lot of like vulnerability was being shown because, like you said, it's a season to remember, but it was it was one where truly, um, again, from the coach on down, uh, it was how do we, you know, really bring this team together? Like, how do right. we like help them understand like the like we're not just a team we're a family we we gotta all kind of be for each other it, in all honesty speaking of like you know the the indiana connection it really reminded me of last year's football season with indiana and tom allen that leo like that you know uh love each other like that that mindset where it's like you know we're out here in the grind together, we got to be vulnerable with each other. We got to stay connected with each other, and I think that's something that's been so cool to see um, and just reminisce about even now um, is how much vulnerability can play a factor um, in the growth and unity of uh, different of people individually, but also in terms of uh, teams uh, like sporting teams. So yeah, definitely. I mean, so, you think about it that way. You know, we had gone through just two years prior where both E and Julie were seniors, you know, mm-hmm. and we had finished sixth in the Big Ten Conference, one of the toughest conferences people will say there is in all of college volleyball. Yeah. And did not make the NCAA tournament with a with a really strong record. The same record two years ago, finishing eight or two years past now in 2010 got in though in eight and whether it was a difference in who we beat or if it was a 
different mindset at that point, you know, as you know, you're talking about too. Um, that was truly something that you can't plan for. You know, you yeah. plan. We could not plan for beating Penn State. Yeah, you know, the record still stands that there's only been one win in school history. You know, against Russ Rose's Nittany Lions. Mm-hmm. You know, um, n- nevertheless, you know, even beating, you know, eight top twenty-five teams in your own gym for the first time in school history. Yeah. You know, also, winning twenty matches. You know, you don't plan for moments like that. You yeah. know, in one season, you plan for that over time. You know, Definitely. and looking at, you know, even the parallel that you'd mentioned with Tom Allen, you know, and yes, they've had their own hiccups this year with um, injuries again, plaguing success, you know, and other, frankly, other colleges catching back up to, oh, Indiana's for real, you know, <laughs> on the football side. Um, yeah, it's going to take, it's going to take some time to sustain that. You know, and I, I've said the same thing about how Steve has taken over uh, the Hoosiers in Bloomington since 2017. You know, mm-hmm. they've had great moments where they've beat some outstanding teams. They beat the they beat the national champs two years ago in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a primarily senior junior driven team. You know, yeah. the majority of which were recruits that were brought in by Sherry. You know, yeah. so talk about you know process over time. They're putting in work. They've they're not quite at that point, though, where they're going to break through the barrier, you know, or they're crawling back into the NCAAs. So, you know, like you mentioned, vulnerability, you know, there's that case right there in sports where there's no guarantee of success. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, definitely. So uh, for you, you know, as we really dive more to this vulnerability uh, topics like, you know, why for you? Uh, did you say yes to, you know, jumping in a conversation on a podcast to talk about vulnerability or being vulnerable? Yeah, this is, it's been an interesting time of life. I almost want to feel like I'm saying happy Groundhog Day, you know, um, if you get the reference um, out there, um, because it feels like we're living in extended 2020. Mm. Well, um it's funny how life has worked itself out literally since I've been in college. You know, I've gone through changes at home. Literally, I've gone through a career change really recently, you know, but also trying to, I guess, steer the boat in a different pathway for myself personally that I haven't necessarily done a great job captaining, you know, over the last several years, you know, of my life. And I think that, you know, with every, you know, negative side of life that turns about, there's always room to go find the pot of gold on the other end of the rainbow if you go looking through the storms. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think with what challenges that I faced, whether it helps one person or more than 100 people, I think just a different perspective, you know, whether it's coming from a sport background or teaching or whatever that case may be, is all the difference someone can hear. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. That's all good right there. Uh, I mean, I think, as you say, like the the piece about like captaining your, your own ship, like captaining your life, like I think that's something that is like it's, it's very key because 
you know, how do you take the time to reflect and capture what's been going on in your life? But then also, how do you uh, take the time to then captain the ship going forward to be able to um, use those thoughts from your reflection and and begin to to process and understand where to where to navigate from there. So uh, I definitely can see some benefits and and yeah, and wanting to kind of just you know go through that experience. So yeah, it, it's weird. You know, it it almost feels like if I, you know, bring sport into this, I guess you know, if you're Tom Brady, you're throwing and catching the same football you know, times, and I. And that's not an easy thing to do. You know, I think that um, it works kind of parallel in a way right now that I'm actually in my in a grad school program. Funny that I'm actually back in school right now after um, all this time away from uh, college uh, with everything that I'll get into in a bit. But um, I just got done reading um, Lead for God's Sake um, for um, – a class I'm taking on interscholastic leadership uh, for a program in athletic administration that I'm currently taking through uh, Cordia University. And uh, the big theme that comes out of the story ultimately over time, it's a really short read. I encourage you to get, you know, either an audio book version of it, whether you get on Audible or um, books on iTunes, you know, whatever the case, it's $14.99. I think I just bought it at that price recently. Um, maybe cheaper, but if you're one of those people that likes to have the paper copy, I've got the paper copy too, because I'm that kind of person still mm-hmm. that likes to have the highlighter or the pencil with me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think if we look at what type of lives we lead, you know, we have to be intentional, you know, with what we're about. Yeah. You know? And I think for someone like me, that's, struggled with faith, you know, faith in God, you know, significant in significant ways over the course of my life. Um, it's really kicked me in the butt in a way, you know, reading this where um, God can't be first, second or third. God has to be around everything. He's not the priority. He's not the priority tray on your desk. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's not, you know, the Gale Sayers, God first, other second, my I'm third. You know, um, if you're familiar with uh, the Chicago Bears, um, he's involved in it all, you know, and if you're not looking to take care of, you know, the relationship with God and the relationship you have with yourself, the relationships you have around you mean nothing. Definitely. That is very true. That is that's so, so true. And I like the um, I definitely like the the connection with Gail Sayers, not just because I'm a Chicagoan and grew up a Bears fan, not definitely not that, but just really the the way you say it, like, it, I, I think that, you know, as Gail Sayers said, like, you know, the God first piece, and I think that's something where far too often people um, put that mindset of, yes, like, God is first, and then it's like, all righty, it's almost like God is a, as you said, God is a separate entity and yeah. not something that's being infused into all aspects of your your daily 
life and understanding how it it all works together. Like it's not separate where you like, I spend time with God. Okay, God, I spend my time with you. I spend my time with family. All right, I spend my time with family. All righty, academics. I'm doing my academics. Like, no, it, it all is it all has that connection. So yeah. Oh, definitely. So yeah. So let's go ahead and take a quick break here, everybody. Um, and then we'll come back and jump into talking a little bit more about some, you know, kind of mindsets with vulnerability and, and also seeing, you know, if there are any uh, experiences uh, that uh, Nick has had to be able to talk about um, in terms of vulnerability leading to victory. So go ahead and get your snacks and then come on back. We are back. Welcome back, everybody. All righty. Uh, so we, we really have jumped into some great conversation already. And so let's just pick back up with this great conversation. But uh, let's look at kind of the coming at it from right now from the, the mindset of like when you just think about um, vulnerability or being vulnerable, what like thoughts, mindset, framework, definition, what comes to mind when you just hear like, vulnerable or uh, vulnerability yeah so i think the first one of the very first things that comes to mind for me personally is you know to be vulnerable means that you're opening yourself up to failure Mm -hmm. and i think you know as someone that's you know currently a student you know but has also coached has also ironically taught you know, um, I, I go back to really, I think it was my junior year. I forget what the name of the class was, uh, but I had a professor that basically called me out at one point in front of the whole class and said mm. I would never catch up and never be part of, you know, what I was what I was really planning for to be capable of teaching. You know, because if you didn't pass this class, the class was only offered every spring. So I had to wait another year if you didn't pass, basically. And it was one of those classes that I was just determined enough to the point where, you know, it was to the point where the professor called me slow at one point, you know, in front of a, a you know, a full classroom full of 25, 30 people, you know, that I was in almost 80% of the classes with. Mm. You know? So what do you think their perspective of you is? You know, after hearing something like that and uh, it it, ta- it digs into you a little bit when you hear people put yourself down like that. And it's a it's a shot at confidence. Um, but I think if you're not willing to, you know, learn from moments like that, you know, it's really tough to want to get back up and fight, you know, or throw punches, if you will. Um, so looking at, you know where I was, yeah, I didn't get into uh, the school of ed, you know, and that was my number one goal for being in college. My first perspective was when I got there, I wanted to do anything and everything I could to teach high school. I love being in a classroom. I still love it. You know, if I had my choice of a dream job, if the money wasn't an object, I'd teach, you know, uh, just because I love being around people. I love putting the needs of people before myself, you know, all the time. That's why I did all the crazy stuff I did for 
Dunbar and uh, the volleyball program, you know, for four and a half years on less than a thousand dollars pay every semester. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, it's about your purpose, you know, and the purpose at that point was to, you know, survive. But right now there's such a bigger perspective, you know, especially with everything that's changed since 2012, you know, where surviving is not enough. You know, mm-hmm. for me, I want to find ways to not just, you know, be in a, be an influence for myself, but be an influence for more, more than what's around me. No, that's good. Uh, I'm like over here taking, furiously taking notes to make sure I get everything. <laughs> um, but I, I really, I mean, I think one of the things that you just really talked about, like from the beginning, to be vulnerable means you're opening yourself up to failure. And I think that's something where, you know, I see that as being something people can get confused and they hear like failure, meaning thinking that like, oh, I failed, therefore I'm weak. Like, no, please listen, hear this first. Like from here, if you have not heard it already, failing does not mean you're weak. Failing means that you are setting yourself up for a learning and growing opportunity. Um, And so that is where there is, was that John Maxwell that talks about failing forward. Um, right. And that's a huge piece of like, you know, you can fail and you might take a step back for a second, but I would say make it like a, a rocking step. Like you rock back, but then ultimately you're falling forward and failing forward um, to go into that that next season of an opportunity of growth. And so, you know, you you as you mentioned, you had that professor who didn't just like, you know, basically didn't just, wasn't just rude to you in general. They weren't rude to you in private. They were rude in public and called you out and really put you in this uncomfortable, what probably had to be an uncomfortable uh, space because it, because it's uncomfortable in general, I can imagine. But also, as you say, like you're in a class with people that you're in other classes with. Right. And now they're they're forming their their biases, they're forming their thoughts, they're forming all their ideas, and therefore, you know, how do you, as you say, how do you dig in? How do you, you know, now be in the fight to just prove yourself? Feel like you have to prove yourself to a professor, but ultimately, you know, prove yourself to yourself on like how do I do this? How do I, um, as you say, how do I begin to, you know, find my purpose and then live. Um, you know, my purpose as well, knowing that, uh, especially in a time like college, I think so far it's like, it's someone who I, this is school year 11 for me working as a professional in a college atmosphere. And I think working at a school that um, in the past like five years has slowly been trying to become the number one public school in the, the country um it and and currently sits um within the top five like you you begin to see students who are working you know every day tirelessly to you know make themselves feel like I'm here to get this degree I'm here to you know find this and you know my, the next steps of life when in reality I think, what you just said is something that's key. It's like, yeah, it's about like 
you're there to get the degree. Yes, you, you know, you you've wanted to, you know, be a teacher. You want to be in a school of ed, but ultimately, you're like, what's my purpose? Like, how do I learn from what I've done this far, and and ultimately begin to understand the purpose um, that these experiences have in helping me find my purpose to help others um, experience life as well. So yeah. So uh, kind of just thinking, you know, with all of this, uh, have you had any, you know, specific um, or key experiences or an experience where you really, when you, you know, you think about like that experience, you're like, I really had to be vulnerable or express vulnerability in this time. Um, and because of that, I've been able to, you know, reflect and grow in life. So have you had anything like that happen to you? Um, gosh, you got uh, time for drinks after this? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we uh, might be able uh, to figure something out here. Uh, um, it, it's ironic, you know, because even with that class, I passed it, by the way. Um, and just with everything else I was negotiating, I just missed out on getting into school of ed by less than a tenth of a point. I think it was less than a hundredth, if I remember right. I think it was like, I think I was at like 0.4995 and it required 0.5. Um, and they still said no um, wow. at that point. So I had to, you know, turn, you know, in the next direction, which is, you know, just go be just go get a BA in math you know, finish your career in four years, you know, in college and then be done. That was my thought when I was 21 years old, mm. you know, after looking back on things, is that the right move still? I don't know, you know, but I think for where life was taking me at that point, I needed to be out of college. You know, I wasn't prepared to go be in a classroom for another year and a half because that's what it would have taken me, um, to finish a teacher ed program at that point. So you figure six years just to go through undergraduate school is that's a long time, you know, mm -hmm. when um, most students that I've been working with since 2015, um, albeit the asterisk that's uh, playing pro basketball for Charlotte right now named Cody Zeller, mm -hmm. uh, they finished in two years. I, I had students I was working with finishing three. You know, some that took five, five and a half, even in a couple cases. Um, and school wasn't what I wanted at that point. Um, it's ironic that my first job out of college, though, was tutoring, you know, and being an adjunct at uh, Ivy Tech, you know, one of the largest community college networks, not just in Indiana, but in the country, mm -hmm. you know, and having a chance to impact the lives of, you know, literally young people that were just getting out of high school, you know, to people that were older than my parents, you know, taking classes um, for for two years or so. And on the side, I was coaching um, volleyball, you know, high school um, and club on the girls and the guys side. Fortunately, boys was huge in Indianapolis when I got out of college. Um, it wasn't near what it is, what it was in 15. 15 years ago when I first started playing. Mm -hmm. So I was lucky that between school and volleyball, I had something to keep my mind away from home, 
And that's what I wanted to be was away from home. Life wouldn't, you know, head that direction for me with a lot that was going on with myself. You know, our family took a major turn in 2014 and my parents split, you know, after almost 30 years together. Mm. Um, you know, and um, I remember there was one point I almost ended up getting a high school teaching job. Um, I think it was at Eastern Green. If I remember, if memory serves me correct, uh, just about 20 minutes south of Bloomington. So I would have found a way to live back in town while uh, my younger sister was at IU, mm -hmm. actually, at the time, too. Um, her senior year uh, would have coincided, actually, in my first year. So things didn't work out there. And my next thought was, OK, can I get back into college? you know, and working with, you know, college age, you know, students, student athletes specifically, you know, it took several no's. I talked to, oh goodness, um, five or six, at least coaches a year, you know, give or take since 2012, after I graduated, the closest I was to getting any sort of, you know, lick of an opportunity. I think it was with Fran Flory, who was at, who's, I want to say she's still at LSU mm. uh, working underneath her in operations and things didn't work itself out. And the next week or two after I ended up getting a call from the uh, head coach from Adrian college, which is if you're familiar with Michigan, Adrian's the last County in Southeast Michigan uh, before you're in Ohio, literally. Mm. So it's about, 45 minutes down, you're in the Toledo land, 45 minutes North, you're in Ann Arbor, you know, just, mm. um, so in a good location where it had volleyball networks, whether you could go up into Detroit, heading West over into Grand Rapids, um, down into Indiana, obviously into Columbus, Cleveland, Cincinnati, you name it. Um, it was well connected out there. You know, mm -hmm. it's been about three years there. Um, it had its own ups and downs, you know, but, uh, over the time there, uh, I was lucky enough to help lead the program into postseason, where we were one or two wins away from making an NCAA berth possible, mm. you know, um, over three or four seasons that I was, um, in Adrian, um, after, you know, some time there, I ended up with an opportunity down here in central Illinois working at Eureka and um, not just as an assistant, but as the head coach there. And it's it was a world of its own, you know, out here. I mean, you talk about a college that literally is a city block. You know, mm -hmm. if you imagine um, how big the quad is, where right is that 10 little sector uh neighborhood that houses i don't know a couple hundred 300 or better students you know annually at indiana that's how big the college was mm. you know um so you go from having you know as many people staffed as u of m does you know on my last job to you're the head the assistant the operations facilities everything you know basically um you know, and trying to literally take, you know, a program that had not seen a lick of any sort of success, you know, in the past 15, 20 years 
in a brand new direction. Yeah. Talk about pressure and you talk about vulnerability, you know, that was, that was an adventure, you know, in itself. I mean, I remember just after, you know, four weeks of this, my first year there, I was like, I can't imagine how exhausted I'm going to be after the season ends. And, you know, if you're familiar, volleyball season lasts about 10, 11 weeks, give or take. Um, NCA Division One to compare, you know, to Division Three, you're starting early August. And if you're lucky enough, you get done the week before Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, there. So it's it's a completely different world, you know, obviously, but it's still similar in the mindset where you're competing to obviously go play for a national championship just on a different division. And luckily enough, I was able to connect with uh, one of the top clubs in Illinois, you know, while I'm out here, um, Illini Elite, if you're familiar. Um, They've, over time, I think, have had a couple athletes play at Indiana. Uh, Morgan Leach came in right after you graduated. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's from the Champaign area. It's a club that's, had a lot of people travel as few as two or three miles and as many as 80, you know, to come play, you know, there on a, on a regular basis. So it's, it's widely known in the state, but it's also competing on a national scale every summer. Last year we had three teams in the national championship in Florida um, at uh, AAUs and one ended up winning. So it's amazing what, uh, volleyball has offered, you know, at least from my coaching experience, you know, looking at big picture, but it's also seen a lot of heartache, you know, too. And I, I know just looking back at the past, I, it's still hard saying 2021 because we're days away from saying 22. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like we're going to, if things continue progressing, you know, we're still in Groundhog Day with all this crud with the pandemic. Um, taking place and it's really done a number you know health wise to myself but also a lot of people around me yeah I, I I've been one of the lucky ones to not contract the virus you know um, and I know a lot of people who have um, my uh, brother-in-law is one of them you know mm-hmm. he's uh he's healthy now fortunately but uh I also know people that have died from the coronavirus, you know, and it's a yeah. scary thought, you know, with everything that's been about. But uh, the biggest, uh, the biggest health crisis that's come from all of this isn't just some nasty virus; it's what's happening uh, with anxiety and depression. Yeah, you know? and it's something that I've been quietly suffering from for years, at this uh. point, from my perspective, and. It's weird that, you know, this podcast is somewhat about vulnerability, you know, and you finding a way to win, you know, from those moments. And I've never gone to therapy until eight or 10 weeks ago, you know, for the first time ever. And I kept on getting poked, you know, whether it was by my mom or by my sister or friends or former athletes, you know, of all people. And I don't know what it was, but it took just one thing to just, you know, make an instance like that happen, you know, and um, 
I hate to say it, you know, this way, but it's true. You know, if I hadn't taken the opportunity that I had at Eureka, despite everything else that didn't go my way while coaching there, you know, over the past however many years it was now since March of 19, gosh, that's hard to do math right now. And I studied math. <laughs> um, that That's kind of been the blessing that's come from it. Yeah. I was I had to dig within myself to say enough was enough. Yeah. No, that's uh, first off. Thank you for definitely sharing your story. Like, I, I mean, and, and your experience, it, it is a very full experience where there's so many different pieces to be able to chew and bite upon. And I just thank you for sharing it through this, uh, this platform here. Um, you know, especially the, the, piece about you know anxiety and depression like that's something that so many people um you know battle with and fight through day in and day out and so you know i i applaud you for one just expressing it and, and you know you know making it so people can say like okay i'm not the hopefully people that are listening can now realize like they're not the only person that might be having that experience but also that they um can you know begin to take the steps to to navigate um going through through that uh those battles like eat day in and day out as you were talking though like you know we've talked a lot about you know really sports and we've had these sports metaphors and i just really thought about you know um as you were talking about through your story like just really that that kind of phrase that you hear especially more more kind of like youth sports of like go fight win like you hear it a lot of times from you know cheerleaders coaches but definitely like you hear it a lot on the youth and you're like go fight win you're like okay yeah go fight win but i think that's something that as i was listening to you talk and, and talk about your story and your experiences that like really you were like you know that's really what it came down to was as you're trying to navigate what to do uh, while in college at Indiana. We were trying to understand how to, you know, navigate, you know, the experience, initial experiences after graduating, you know, navigating those experiences when you are like, wait a second, okay, I'm becoming an adjunct faculty. I'm going to Adrian College, now I'm at Eureka College, you know, as you're going through all these different experiences, it's like, okay, it's go fight win, but you're going, you're fighting through and trying to, you know, keep, you know, understanding what's going on with your life and how that which the initial image of how you thought your life might go is not where it's at right now. Um, but you're understanding that the winds, there are still winds that are happening. They just look different. Mm -hmm. and, and then you initially could have imagined it. And some of those winds might be better because they've led you to, you know, some, you know, great things, you know, along the way. And so, um, so yeah, I, I think that's some of the, uh, the initial stuff I was, I was thinking about, but you, one of the first things you talked about was like really seeing where life is taking you. And that's something because, you know, you got out, you initially like, okay, I just missed getting into the school of education. Yeah. So now I'm going after this. Let me just, you know, go into the, getting this, you know, BA in math. And then from there, you're like, wait a second, okay, now you graduated and you become adjunct faculty. So essentially, you didn't get into you didn't get into the, yeah. the school of ed to become a teacher, but then you end up becoming a teacher. 
And that's one of the things that's interesting is that our lives bring us to the things that we want just in such a unique way. But it comes to us having to be vulnerable in terms of like, how do we just say like, okay, here's what I meant right now. Mm-hmm. How can I just see where I meant right now and understand how to move forward in life or move through life right now in a you know way that might be productive or mm-hmm. healthy or you know any you can use a lot of different adjectives to describe um, situations like that, but that's something where I, I truly I find you you know very interested is like when you see where life is taking you um and you know when you aren't really taking the the steps to kind of as we talked about earlier like captain uh life that's where you see where life is taking you and kind of speaking about our going back to our, our conversation earlier about faith and belief in god's will that's also the other piece of it it's like where god is like okay this is what you thought was going to happen but here's how i'm getting you closer and closer to understanding where I, I want to set you up in, in life at. And you you just want to become a high school teacher. I'm going to make you a college you know, faculty member. And you're like, okay. Like, wow. Like, I'm God is like a God of I'm going to take you a step further than you initially, you initially thought. You know, you worked and... I, when I first met you, you were in like the operations and management uh, right. role, and and like you know some of the the player development like pieces as well. And you know, then look up, and now you know you've been a, a college head coach, you know. And I think that's something like as well to just see is like wow, like look at what you've been able to do. But I could definitely imagine that through all of that, the the way you've been able to, you know, be vulnerable with yourself and your decision making processes along the way has had to play a huge factor um, into getting you to where you are now and have been in, in many ways. Gosh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd change much, you know, that's happened the way it has, you know, but I think if. 2020 2020 part two this we can call it <laughs> part three maybe uh, starts in 11 days from tomorrow um you know is that god has a funny sense of humor sometimes yeah. you know and uh if he's a jason moraz fan he should be um <laughs> he's you know taught me one thing you know that's really plain and day is that you know you've got to be where your feet are you know, more times than not, you know, I have done nothing but look, you know, since I took medical leave, you know, and then ultimately resigned uh, due to mental health, you know, and that was, that was an obstacle in itself. You know, I had to make a decision with 10 matches left in our season to put my needs before the rest of my program at that time. And Ironically enough, it was right before I turned 32 years old. And that's, to me, was the best thing I think I've ever done, you know, for myself personally in 32 years. You know, I never took a lick of vacation Mm -hmm. when I was 
at Eureka at Adrian. It's sad to say that I didn't take as much vacation time as I should. And it's put me where I'm at now, you know, emotionally, psychologically, what have you. But you have to make mistakes sometimes in order to figure out what it's like to come out on the other side. You know, I miss coaching right now. I mean, I took myself out of coaching club volleyball this year where I had a team locked up. I would have been, I don't know if we would have had practice or not this week because of Christmas. Um, But literally being with a team, high school age kids from November through July 1st, you know, with a team, you know, competing similar to college level athletes every week, you know, in your own gym, but also in gyms across the Midwest and the country. And, you know, I think when I get to that point and whatever that point is, we'll, we'll find out. Um, but I think taking myself out of volleyball right now for the time being may be the best thing I need to do. Yeah. You know, and you don't know what that process or that map looks like, you know, for you today, tomorrow, you know, in 10 days from now or whatever that may be, you know, I mean, and, the 1590s when Cortez found the new world, they didn't know what they were getting into either. And the only way that they found, you know, the rights to the new world is they burned the ships, you know, that they had, everything had to be left behind, you know, and ultimately they settled, they found what's now called Columbia, you know, Central America. And I think right now after burning that, opportunity of staying in college athletics you know am i hungry to get back in maybe but i gotta really figure out if that's what i want to do you know so i I was lucky enough that you know there's a large fortune 50 company you know in my backyard called state farm that was hiring you know i found a, a network way in you know and i've been in training with the company now for over the past six weeks and have the same type of connection to working with helping people fight through, you know, issues that they're dealing with, you know, just through the automobile side, Yeah, not coaching by any sort of imagination, but it's where I'm meant to be right now. Exactly. Exactly. No, I, I mean, you are really just, saying some some great things here and you know i'll wrap up this this um segment with this is you know going back to this go fight win like you're you're trying to help a team you went from helping a team to go fight win to realizing the importance of helping yourself go fight and win and so you know I, i do i applaud you on being able to realize like I, I need to take this time for myself. And so I will I will end it with this, you all like is most importantly like understand truly what self-care is and then do that for yourself. Um you know I I said in on my social media the other day um that I am in a season of these last you know little bit of time in 2021 where I said, you know, I'm in the season of hustle and grinding, but hustling and grinding for rest, for relaxation, for peace, 
for just, you know, personal wellness. And I think that's where we all have to be. Like, you know, we can hustle and grind for great opportunities. We can push ourselves for great things, but at, at the sacrifice of what? You know, at the sacrifice of who? And that who is ourselves, that what is our own well-being. And so, you know, um, take the days. If you have the days at work, take them. If you have the opportunities to spend a few extra minutes at lunch, like do what it is because it all is going to build up to some victory moments for yourself. So Definitely. let's take so yeah, let's take a uh, our our final break and then we'll come back and just kind of touch on some uh, tips and final thoughts. All righty, we are back to begin to wrap up today's episode. So uh, with this uh, segment, segment uh, Nick, let's just see, are there any specific uh, key tips that um, you can give to listeners uh, to help them navigate their journey of being vulnerable. Whew. Um, I mean, this could be its own episode, you know, honestly, <laughs> every time, you know, you have people on, Sean, I mean, this might be part two if we get to that point. <laughs> um, I, I kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier, you know, but I think, one of the big things right now that I'm having to relearn, you know, um, about, you know, work, but also life is that, you know, you have to embrace where you're at, you know, it's not forever, you know, that you're in this season, you know, there's, um, if you're into music, uh, need to breathe is my big artist right now. I'm wearing a 10th Avenue North t-shirt right now. And they've, unfortunately parted ways during the pandemic, but need to breathe big messages. You know, you're going to be in nasty weather now and then, mm -hmm. you know, and you've got to be able to ride out nasty weather when it's coming. So if you understand where you're at, you know, that's the first part to it. Know who you're with, know who's on your team. You know, if you can define your home team, you know, that's your team that you know will 100% have your back. The only person that can 100% have your back at the end of the day, though, has to be yourself. You know, if we're focused on, you know, what others think more than, you know, what we think about, you know, of our own image, we're weighing ourselves down. We're wearing more chains than we're supposed to be, you know, on a regular basis. Um, the other big thing is you have to learn to set priorities. You know, for me right now, um, as I just saw pop up on my laptop, I just saw my 30 minute warning to get to bed. You know, mm -hmm. I, I get to bed by 930 most nights right now, so I can guarantee to get eight hours sleep. You know, if I don't have sleep, I'm not productive when I'm on Zoom for eight hours mm -hmm. you know, during uh, the work day right now, because we're working hybrid uh, lives right now with State Farm. Um, so if sleep's a priority that's something that, to, that you could consider, you know, for myself, it was making sure that I know what I'm putting in food when I cook, you know, if it's me taking 30 minutes to go walk, you know, every day. Um, I know that at least when the weather turns, you know, and when the new year hits, it's how active can I be outside of 
the job when I start getting on the floor, you know, full time, you know, because I want to find, excuse me, I want to find flow, you know, mm. and routine because I'm creature of habit. You know, I want to know where I'm going to be midweek when I get off work at 430 yeah. or five o'clock in the afternoon instead of going to practice. Am I at the gym, you know, throwing weights around, you know, or running? Um, because as I look right now, this isn't how I want to look in a year from now. Yeah. So I want to make sure that I'm putting myself in the direction and creating a sense of purpose that when I look back on this conversation in 2022, you know, in December that I've done something about it. Yeah. You know? Um, and obviously, you know, it's, it's been a common theme for me since, really this whole pandemic hit is what are you doing to learn, you know, and always learn, you know, yeah. uh, there's a Japanese term, it's called uh, Kaizen. And the meaning of the, the term is never ending sense for improvement. Uh, and whether that's, you know, you learning how to shoot free throws, you know, if it's working in, you know, your garage on, uh, you know, wood, you know, or whatever the case may be. Your job is to find a way to get better at something every day yeah. you know, with this mindset. And that can be yourself even, you know, and I think that's something that as it's been hard for me to do is to find more ways to take care of myself, you know, whether that's, you know, another meal out, you know, or if it's, you know, Gosh, five more minutes in a hot shower if you're not paying the water bill right now. Thankfully, <laughs> water is a flat rate every month here um, where I live um, or whatever it may be. You know, um, what are you doing to keep your gas tank full? Yeah. You know? And what are you doing to keep it full? You know, for me, it's ironic that I'm saying this, um, but I got into grad school last year during the onset of COVID. And I'm halfway through a master's program right now for athletic administration. So I'm taking classes, you know, but going back to school isn't the only way you have to learn, you know, mm. um, because, you know, you have opportunities everywhere around you to go looking. So it's if I if I can leave one thing, you know, from today, it's, you know, understanding who you are as a person is the biggest obstacle you know you have to overcome day in and day out and ultimately what you want to do with that obstacle is how are you willing to overcome yourself from today to be better tomorrow yeah no that's good so i can't really say anything of what you said any better than you said it so i uh so I, i'll leave it and just sum up some of my my thought in this way is is that, you know, every day I think we should take a look in the mirror and we need to understand what we see in the mirror. And what we, what I mean is, is that there are some things about ourselves that we are not going to be able to change. There are some birthmarks we see. There are some features that we see that we are not going to be able to change because they are just a part of like who we are. And when I say like not being able to change, there's the things that we're literally not going to be able to change, but there's other things that like you 
might have to, you know, have a good financial bank account to change and, and do stuff like that. But ultimately, the other piece of that is, is that they are, we have to see beyond the physical and get to more of the emotional. And that's where the vulnerability comes in. There are things about ourselves in terms of characteristics and traits that we have that we don't necessarily need to change. We need to embrace. Um, and then there's other aspects of ourselves where when we see ourselves in the mirror, that's where that self-care piece comes in of being able to say, how am I going to be disciplined enough to you know, truly change the things that I do think um, by changing or by transforming are going to ultimately lead to, you know, uh, a better sense of wellness and and wholeness for myself. So um, I'll just sum up kind of my thoughts and leave it with with that. So so yeah. Uh, from here, Nick, are there any final thoughts that you just want to throw out there to the uh, listeners? Goodness, I, I look at a really vivid image every time. I actually did because I logged off here um, on accident. <laughs> um, but I see it on everything right now. And if you're familiar with the Harry Potter franchise at all, um, if not, go grab a book and start reading it. You got nothing but time with the holidays coming up. Um, there's a uh, figure in the book that... Uh, promotes positivity and it's mm-hmm. uh harry's patronus which is a stag uh basically it's a deer and that deer sits you know on my desktop it's on my lock screen on my phone you know just to be that visual reminder that you know happiness doesn't just come you know whenever you want it to be it only comes when you remember to turn the light on Yeah. And if you focus on the negative, you'll never see the light, you know? And I think if we look to turn a page, you know, in the right direction, we want to have the control over here, you know, as this holiday comes to, you know, head, whether it is you're celebrating, you know, Christmas, you know, new year, Hanukkah, whatever that may be for you. Um, some people don't have that luxury, you know, right now to come home to family. Um, fingers crossed if, you know, things work itself out, um, I may be able to go join my family because I'm fighting a sinus infection right now, actually. And family for me is a 10 hour drive, um, over a three day weekend. So it's, it's a haul with a lot going on right now too. And, you know, we need to be safe, you know, as far as, everything that's going on around us in the world right now. Um, But we need to make sure that we're looking out for number one. And, you know, as we head into, you know, the shortest day of the year tomorrow, uh, ironically, because it's the winter solstice finally, um, you know, where we don't have so much sunlight, more sunlight is coming, you know, progresses every day. And whether it's physical sunlight or it's the sunlight that comes from within, you know, you are the author of that book. You're the captain of that ship. Yeah. So, man, thank you, thank you, thank you for those final thoughts there. Um, definitely some some great insight that you have brought 
to uh, today's episode to these listeners. I definitely know that they will uh, take, you know, many things uh, from this. And so once again, I appreciate you, Nick, for being on this uh, episode um, and truly just sharing your story and sharing kind of you um, with the with the listeners for for this week. Thanks for having me, Sean. Go Big Red. Yes, yes, yes. Go, go Big Red. Go Fight Win. Go Cream and Crimson. Um, so it is truly an honor to have someone um, like you. So yes. Well, everybody, we come to the end of another episode of Vulnerability Leads to Victory. Um, you know, truly enjoy this holiday season. Um, really have time for yourself right now. I know this is a time of the year where it is tough for many different people in many different ways. It is joyous for many different people in many different ways. But at the end of the day, um, right now, find a way to make you um, a main staple in your life and understanding what it means for you to be number one. You know how we end every episode. (sighs) Exhale before you inhale. Peace and blessings, everybody. One love. Happy holidays.